0: Working in sales can be tough sledding sometimes. Prospects may not want to hear from you. Quotas keep going up. The ups and downs of selling can make you anxious, nervous, and unhappy. And when you're unhappy in sales, it's like you have blinders on. You don't think as clearly. You're anxious, you're frustrated, you're angry. The stress of sales can make you shut down. Disengagement is a natural neurological and physiological response to negative emotions. There are a few things you can practice that have the potential to take the sting out of being unhappy in sales. The first is to be present. I know talking about being present is a worn out cliche that you've heard tons of times, but it bears talking a little bit about because it's so critical for dealing with anxiety when selling. There are only two places you can be in your mind when you're selling. The first place is in the present, doing what's in front of you. So that would be things like making a cold call, talking with a prospect, writing an email, doing research. The second place your mind can be is out of the present. You could either be thinking about the past, for example, a call that didn't go well, sale that you lost, a prospect that ghosted you, or you could be worrying about something terrible that might happen in the future, what a prospect might say when you call them, quota that you might not hit, getting fired, running out of money, not being able to pay your rent. You feel nervous and anxious when you're out of the present for too long. By way of example, I've struggled with mortality ever since I lost my dad. He passed away when he was 53 of cancer. I'm 53. So I think any day I'm gonna get cancer. What's the way out? It starts with self awareness being aware that you're even having negative thoughts, which is our default because brains are negatively biased. The simple act of being aware that you're going down a negative path is enough to turn the volume down in your head. From there, you can ask yourself, is this a fact? Or is this a story? Facts can be observed. My dad did die of cancer when he was 53. But stories can't be observed. I don't know, I can't see that I'm gonna get sick or that I'm gonna get cancer. It's a story that I'm making up. And since brains don't know the difference between stories and facts, it feels the same. So the idea here is to focus on your thoughts and observe them from a balcony, and then ask yourself, is this a story or a fact? When you develop the ability to think about your thoughts, you can drop back and realize that you're actually not sick right now, that you actually don't have cancer but you can't get to that place if you're caught up in having cancer. This idea of thinking about your thoughts has profound implications. It's the negative chatter that creates the anxiety. And for whatever reason, observing the negative chatter takes away its power. The anxiety is not caused by missing quota. It's caused by the story you tell yourself about what's gonna happen to you if you miss quota. And since brains are negatively biased, we always think the worst case scenario, being present on a cold call means that you're not thinking about what your next chess move is going to be. You're simply listening to what the prospect has to say without having an ulterior motive. Your intent isn't to move anything forward. Your intent isn't to book a meeting It's to just be present, having a one-to-one conversation with someone without expectations or ulterior motives. So if a prospect were to say to you, I can't talk right now, I'm on my way to the hospital, if you were thinking about a next step and you weren't in the present moment, you might say something like, when can I call you back? Or can I steal a minute to tell you why I'm calling and then you can tell me if it makes sense to call you back. But if you're present and your prospect tells you they're on their way to the hospital, you might simply say, oh my gosh, is everything okay? The second thing is to let go of things Outside what I call your zone of control. Your zone of control are things you control. Things like who you call, what you say, observing your thoughts, how you respond when prospects push back. Things outside your control are things you don't control. Those would be things like your quota, your territory, when or if a sale closes, how prospects respond to your message, the number of meetings you book, flights getting delayed, and the weather. Burning calories on things that are outside your zone of control is a recipe for being anxious, unhappy, afraid, and pissed off all the time. Of course, the opposite is also true. Tuning out things you don't control contributes to your happiness as a sales professional. New territories just are. Increased quotas just are. You can actually just look at those things and let them just be without judging them or trying to do anything about them. When you develop awareness of your thoughts, you can begin to have a choice as to how you want to respond when negative things happen to you as a salesperson. It's important to note here that negative things don't happen to you. Your territory changing or your quota increasing isn't negative things that are happening to you. It's the story you're telling yourself that's creating the negative chatter in your head. So when you're aware of your thoughts, you can actually make a different choice. You can actually choose not to respond. You can just let things be without saying or doing anything. So by way of example, if your territory changes, rather than reacting to it and being unaware of your thoughts, if you're aware of how you're feeling, you can just observe those feelings and then you can choose to actually let it be. You don't have to have an opinion about your territory. You don't have to have an opinion about your quota. You can choose to just let it go. This idea of not having to have an opinion about things you don't control and letting things just be unlocks happiness and joy as a salesperson and also a person. The next thing to work on is to not fight resistance. Fighting the resistance or trying to change someone's mind is a net negative every single time. Tell an oatmeal hater why they should love oatmeal, and they'll dig their heels in even deeper. Oatmeal haters do not want a mini TED Talk on why they should like oatmeal, because what you're secretly saying is, I'm right and you're wrong. Egos don't like that very much. We do this all the time in sales. We think it's our job to fight resistance. A prospect says your price is too high, and you want to fight that resistance and defend your price like a mother bear defends its young by saying things like this, I understand how you feel. Lots of people felt the same way, but what they found is X. Again, what you're secretly saying is, I'm right and you're wrong. Our price is worth it. Joining the resistance sounds completely different. Prospect says your price is too high, and since you're aware of your thoughts, you might just pause for two beats one Mississippi, two Mississippi. Pausing slows you down a little bit, gives you an opportunity to process what was said, so you can respond in a way that's smart and thoughtful, with a slight uptone, as if to say, tell me more. Chris Voss calls this mirroring, where you repeat the last two to three most important words that someone said with a slight uptone, as if to say, tell me more. It's a magical technique for making people feel heard and getting some more information about why they felt your price was too high. From there, you can see if your prospect has any other concerns by simply saying, seems like price is your only concern, and then shut your mouth. What you'll typically hear are all the reasons why price isn't their only concern. Well, we don't have budget. We want it in red and you only have it in blue. Assuming that price is their only concern, you can listen a little further and understand a little deeper. You could say something like this sounds like you're comparing our price to something else. See what I'm doing here? I'm moving with the resistance, not against the resistance. And if the prospect says, yeah, we are, we're comparing it to your competitor, you could simply let go of the idea of trying to convince them of anything and simply say, it sounds like you can get the exact same thing with the same service and functionality for far less money and then shut your mouth. If in fact the prospect can get the exact same thing for less money, there's really no compelling reason for them to do business with you. The idea here isn't to sell someone, it's to help them make a decision, regardless of if that involves you. The pressure is created when you're trying to fight the resistance and move people faster than they're ready to move. The next idea is this idea of letting go of assumptions. When you assume that you're a fit for everyone, you feel it's your job to talk everyone into what it is that you're selling. And so when people say no, there's this feeling of rejection, there's this sort of lacking mindset, because you're attaching your self worth to the outcome that's going to make you anxious and unhappy. The way out of that is to let go of assumptions. Of course, you have a hypothesis as to how you can help someone. But you don't know until you have a conversation. Your job isn't to talk everyone into everything, it's instead to ask a question with finesse that shines a light on a potential problem and then give prospects some space to draw their own conclusions rather than you giving them yours. By way of example, here's what that might sound like for a product called Warmbox. James, I'm not sure if this is something you're seeing at Jellyvision. But in analyzing over 2 million cold emails, we're seeing that 51% of them land in spam folders. If you don't mind me asking, how are you ensuring cold emails don't land in spam today and then shut your mouth? Imagine for a moment that you're waving a metal detector over the beach. When it beeps or you're hearing a problem, you dig or you peel the onion and learn a bit more. But if the metal detector doesn't beep, That's okay, too. The beach is so big. Just keep walking. Here's what walking sounds like. Prospect says, our deliverability rate is actually high. It's 85%. You might say something like this. Wow, sounds like you have this buttoned up. If you feel comfortable sharing your secrets, how have you gotten it that high? I rarely hear 85%. And then you might let the prospect brag a little bit. And then you might simply say, sounds like you're all taken care of. Thanks for taking some time to chat. Shifting from selling to sorting is the path to feeling more joyful when prospecting. Like anything, getting good at something requires practice. You can't get better at something that you haven't been taught or practiced. In fact, you get good at what you practice, whether that's positive or negative. So if you're like me, you've gotten really good at not being present about thinking and dwelling on the past or worrying about the future. You've gotten really good at attaching yourself to a sale or a meeting or trying to talk people into things or not taking no for an answer because that's what you've been practicing. As my guitar teacher, Susan Palmer says, practice doesn't make perfect, practice makes permanent. So consider taking these ideas for a spin and practicing them. And I think you'll find if you do, you'll be much happier in your personal and professional life.